Turn your Bible, please, to one of my favorite verses and one of my favorite books and one of my favorite chapters, and that is the book of Galatians. We're talking about Paul's I Am's. Paul has been giving us some I Am's in the Word of God. We have studied those, and I've given you some of them. Paul said, I'm debtor. Secondly, he said, I'm ready to preach the gospel. Number three, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. He said, I am carnal. Then he said, I am wretched. Amen. And we talked about that. He said, I am persuaded. Some of the good words of Paul. He's always persuaded about a lot of things. And then we said and looked at what Paul said. He said, I am made all things to all men. And then we took the first Corinthians uh, last week. That's one of them I just gave you. And uh, we went to three of those places. One of them is one just spoke. Then the second was, I am the least of the apostles. Amen. The third one was, I am what I am. I am what I am. So studying the books of Paul and his writings, we can get some interesting information tonight. Today we're going to deal with one in the book of Galatians, only one that's dealt there. And we're going to chapter number 2 in verse number 20. That you've heard me quote, misquote sometimes, and uh, tried to quote, and read to you many times in chapter 2 and verse number 20. I use this scripture quite some, or quite often to dealing with people, especially if they're dealing with salvation and dealing with losing their salvation. This is a good book of assurance as well. Now some people don't see that. You can't grasp that because most people don't want to take the Word of God at face value. They believe part of it. They believe the part they want to believe. That's dangerous for you to do that. It's dangerous for me to do that. We either believe all of it or we don't, we're not much punking for anything else. That's right. We've got to believe all the Word of God. How much of it is His? The Bible said all Scripture is given by inspiration. Amen. All of it is inspired. Not just the parts you like, but the parts you don't like. The parts that you uh, agree with, they're inspired. But the parts you don't agree with are inspired. And so we've got to pay attention. Amen. When Jesus speaks, every man must listen, must hear, and God wants us to obey His Word. Obedience to the Word of God is the key to success in life. And obedience to the Word of God will give you good success and make your life a blessing to you, those you come in contact with. You believe that, don't you? Amen. Now, you don't just believe part of that, do you? I hope not. You believe all what I just said. I hope. If you don't, you're in trouble. And uh, you might as well go to sleep because you don't believe that part. So I'm going to say some more in a minute you're not going to like either. And so just... You know, don't pay no attention that you don't like. You know, this is not, the Bible's not like a garbage can that you can go in and chew out what you want and pitch out the trash because there ain't no trash in it. Amen. You have to take it all as it comes. Amen. You ever seen kids sit down at the table? When they sit down at the table, they want the pumpkin pie or the, uh, uh, you know, the pie or cake or whatever it is first. 
And they, they are working their self to death to get through their food. They'll act like they're chewing up meat and everything and whatnot. They just pick at everything and then they say, I'm, I'm through. And they hadn't eat actually uh, uh, three or four spoonfuls of food. And you know it's going to take more than that for them. Oh, I don't want no more. But then they, as soon as you they push the table, push the plate back, and you lay the cake down in front of them. Well, actually, before you set the cake down there, they'll ask you, I want some cake. Thought you was full. Always oh, got. So some, sometimes we don't like everything the preacher feeds us. Amen. Uh, he's the, uh, the cook and bottle washer at the house of God. Amen. God gives me the menu. Sometimes I, I don't particularly like the menu either. Sometimes God tells me to preach something, and I, I'd rather not preach it. I'd rather preach something else. I've got a lot of notes. I'm behind. I tell the Lord, I'm behind. I haven't preached this over here yet. And I say, Lord, I'm behind. I got over here in this book too, I've got three sermons I ain't preached. And you let me study them out. And then the Holy Spirit reminds me of this one. Yeah, I was trying to tell you something. So I believe I got some sermons over there. God let me preach to myself. But sometimes he tells me what he wants to preach, wants me to preach to you. Now, in Galatians chapter 2, matter of fact, I don't want to get in the pulpit without him telling me one. Galatians chapter 2, verse number 20. The Apostle Paul, the writer of the book of Galatians, inspired by the Holy Ghost of God to pin down. Amen. And he writes it. And he says, I am crucified. There's that I am. We're going to look at that in just a minute. What's it mean to be crucified? How can you crucify yourself? You ever thought about how crucify, how you can crucify yourself? Paul, uh, Paul didn't crucify himself. You said, oh, I think he did. He said, I'm crucified, but he didn't do it. Amen. I'll prove that to you in a minute. You probably can figure it out. I am crucified for Christ. That's not what he said, is it? He said, I'm crucified how? With Christ. There's a difference between for and with. And uh, he could have said, I'm crucified to Christ. That would be a, another rendering and something different. And it'd also be changing the word of God. But Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. And being done that way and uh, laid out that way, Paul says, nevertheless, I live. When you're crucified, you're supposed to what? Die? Paul said, but I didn't die. I'm alive. Ain't that, a, that sounds like a contradictory statement, don't it? Can you crucify anybody and them live? Physically? No. So we know it's something different about that, right? So I like this when I look at it and I begin to break it down and see it like it is. And then Paul says some, another little statement. He's got several statements in here. Yet, not I. In other words, it's really not me living here. He said, nevertheless, I live. Yet, I don't live. Now, you said, that's contradictory. It may seem that way to the flesh. It'll seem that way to the world. It'll seem that way to the carnal Christians, if they are any. It'll seem that way to people who are worldly. But Paul knew what he was talking about. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. 
You see, it's not me that's living here. It's the Lord. Uh, let me just stop here. I hadn't said much about this, but let's get this, apart, this look at that real good. I'm studying right now on the human body in sense of the, of the position it's at in the Scriptures and how God made it. It's a unique, special thing. It's amazing to me how that God could make such a fine, I mean, a, such a uh, complex machine out of you and me. That everything works. It's amazing to me that God knows how to make that old heart, and it's nothing but a, a, a muscle, they say, and it pumps and pumps blood, and it's a pump. And it pumps the blood through your system. And if it quit pumping, you're dead. That blood has to flow. And uh, God puts all them. Be- and, uh, you know, sometimes we have to have a little help with it and a little work on it. But as a general rule, your heart is one of the most complex pieces of equipment you got. Of course, your brain and all the other things. All that is too. But isn't it amazing how that God can put all that together and make it work? And then what happens is how we use this body, which is called the temple, and how we operate with that body has a lot to do with our spiritual life. And it applies to that and to our health. Now, let's look at this. Uh, I got deviated just a little bit and I'm working on that. How we, this, how we uh, handle this temple. This is a temple. Did you know your body is a temple? That's what the Bible said. And God wants to dwell in it. If you're saved, He already has moved in, but I'm not sure He dwells in all of it. Uh, we got a tendency to God has got His own little place. We've given Him a certain portion of our body to live in. Uh, but some things in some places are off limits to him. And when he tells us to do something, he expects us to do something. And we fail to do it. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, in here. Where's he live? In here. And the life which I now live in the flesh, this right here. In my flesh. That flesh is what you see. By the way, you can see one part of you. You see the flesh. But there's a part of that flesh you don't see. That's the inside. Now God does, but you don't. But there's a part of you today that you can't see, and it's called the spirit and the soul. Amen. I got a body. And sometimes we'd call it, you know, the mind. We have a mind. I can't see my mind. Amen. Maybe it's because I ain't got one. But anyhow, uh, you can't see our mind. You can't see your mind, can you? You can't see your soul. You can't see your spirit. You can feel with emotions and know there's something besides this body. Am I right? Now, Paul is saying, I'm crucified with Christ. Let's get on. I don't believe we'll probably get any further than this one little uh, lesson this morning, the one little I am. He said, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live. Next little phrase is, 
by the faith of the Son of God. In other words, I live in this flesh, even though I'm dead, I live, and I live in this flesh by the faith. I always stress that when I'm saying it, by the faith of the Son of God. You said, oh, my faith is weak. Praise God, I'm trusting His faith. He gave me the faith to believe. John chapter 1 verse 13, But as many as received Him, to them gave He power. You see that? To become the sons of God. He gave us the power to believe. I didn't save myself. All I done is produced a rotten, hell-bound scoundrel that was doomed and damned to a devil's hell that had nothing good in him and never would have anything good in him. And God reached down and saved him and made a new creature out of him. Hallelujah. That's shouting around, isn't it? Just to know this morning. So Paul, when he says, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, comma, and he gives us another little verse. Paul just, he got long-winded on this verse. Boy, you can tell he's a long-winded preacher. All us old preachers, we get so much to tell and can't get it told. He said, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. He died for me. Now let's go back and look at something here. And I pray that the Lord might help us just a little bit as we look into this. And uh, I pray that the Lord might speak to us. Now, first of all, crucifixion in that day was kind of popular to certain. It was the most wicked and the vilest and the meanest. That was the means of death. That was the death penalty in the days of Christ. And I believe it didn't just so work out that way. I believe you go back and study the 22nd chapter of the book of Psalms and you'll find the crucifixion. You'll find the Lord being crucified. Read the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah and you'll find Isaiah prophesied that he would come and die on an old rugged tree. So it was not just something that, uh, you know, just happened. God already ordained it. And, and of course, God knew that that's going to be the means of death for criminals. And it also shows us that Christ was crucified like a criminal. And they counted him as a criminal. He carried the death penalty. Not worthily, but they put it on him. He did not, he was not worthy to die. No reason for him to die. Except for one thing. It was the penalty God put on mankind. And in the mind of God, there's nothing he could do but die. I hope I didn't confuse you with the statements I just made. In other words, when Pilate and them trying to find him guilty, and the Jews tried to find him guilty, they didn't have enough to make it stick. That's why he washed his hands. Pilate washed his hands and, you know, and let the people have it. And they said, let him be crucified. Let him be crucified. You know, let his blood be upon us and our children. And it is. And he died on the cross of Calvary. 
And so as he died on the cross of Calvary, he came for one purpose that God had made him come for, or not made him, but I don't believe he made Jesus do anything. I'm going to be kind of careful how I say this. Uh, some people say Jesus spilled his blood on Calvary. They make songs of that, but he didn't spill. Spill's an accident. He shed his blood. That's what the Bible said. You'll not find in the Bible where Jesus spilled his blood anywhere unless it's a new translation of some sort, which is a perversion. Right? So I look at this and I see the Lord Jesus, that he shed his blood. He came for that one purpose. And it was foreordained before the world was ever laid that God would come. Through his son, he would send him. And Jesus Christ would die. He was manifest in the flesh. Now, just thinking about this today, when was Christ manifest? When he was born of a virgin, like he was prophesied to be. Now, that didn't mean he existed then, just started existing. He's always been, he's always been God. In the flesh. He's always been God the Son. And uh, so we know today that he didn't just exist, but he came. All right. Let's proceed just a little further. When he died on the cross of Calvary, taking my place and taking your place, that was the way God fixed it up and set it up and looked at it. Now I want to go back and look at something just a little bit more. Since this is not a natural way of dying... If something is forced, we realize we're going to have to look at it just a little bit. Uh, God has the process of aging and then us just dying of natural death. That's normal. Is that right? Sometimes we die accidentally. Sometimes we die uh, prematurely because of sin. God takes us out of life. God will take us to the grave early. Because we become a stumbling block. Many people don't pay much attention to that little thought today. But if you'll think about it, God could take you out just because you don't live right. Just because you disobey His Bible. Just because you disobey His Word. And uh, I believe God fills the cemeteries with people who just plain out refuse to honor God in His Word. And some... Or laying in the cemetery today, God just took them out of the way because they become a reproach. Here's the danger. If you're a child of God today, living right for God, and then next thing you decide, you're going to get out of this thing, and sometimes you can be meaner than you were before you ever got saved, but doing that, God said, all right, you're a stumbling block. You're a nuisance. You, you're causing people to stumble over you. Everybody and his brother said, look what they're doing. God said, I'll just bring you on home. For the destruction of the flesh, I'll bring you on home. So that the work of God won't be hindered. Now that's happened to lots of people. It's still happening. That'll continue to happen until the Lord calls us out of here. But if you want to live a good, clean life, follow God. No, listen, God will be with you. He'll bless you. The natural way of going out of this life is just aging, getting old, and dying. Amen. Praise God. That's not too exciting when you think you're already getting close to that. Amen. And uh, I used to think one of these days I'm going to be an old man. I woke up one day and found I was, is, and am. 
And so I just do make the best of it till I get there. Thank God I got a better place to go. But Paul said, I'm crucified. Have you ever thought about crucifixion? Crucifixion is not a simple way of dying. It's a painful way of dying. And we find in the Word of God that somebody drove a nail in one hand of Christ. Then they had to drive a nail in the second hand of Christ to the cross. And then they had to place his legs on the cross and drive nails in his, or drive a nail through his legs and feet or whatever, how they did it, fastened him. Then they picked the cross up and put it down in the hole. And don't you know that was a painful thing? Now, these folks are alive. You said, well, Paul's saying I'm crucified with Christ. That's right. Can you crucify yourself? You might. I don't know where you got the guts to do it or not. Put a nail there and, you know, somehow get it held up. Somebody's going to have to hold the nail. You might prop it up somehow. Wham! And you get one in. Now, can, I, can you tell me how you're going to get the second one in? You ain't got no hand now. And you're crying over what you done went through. And it's painful. You don't think, you about, it's ready if you change your mind. You understand what I'm saying? Somebody's got to do that. So Paul's trying to tell us, I'm crucified with Christ. It's not necessarily to mean that he did it physically. Paul didn't die on the cross. They cut his head off. They didn't, he didn't die by crucifixion. But nevertheless, the Bible said here, I am crucified with Christ. So how did he do that? And crucifixion is the same either way, spiritually or physically. So how, how are you going to get your hands crucified? How are you going to get your feet crucified? How are you going to get your body, uh, you know, in a point of, of the cross and as, a, as a sacrifice? How are you going to do that on your own? You can't. So what you do is you have to trust and depend on God. That's the reason Paul said, I die daily. You have to die. We as the saints of God must die and then pick up Christ and follow Him, right? Do you understand that this morning? We can't crucify ourselves. We have to lay ourselves before Him and say, Lord, here I am. You crucify me. And that's what Paul did. He had laid before the Lord and said, Lord, I want you just to crucify me. And actually, he gave his life. Amen. He needed to die. He didn't commit suicide. That wasn't in the picture. The Lord didn't want him to die for him anyhow. God wanted him to live for him. And no way he can live for him is to die to self and die to sin and die to the world. Which most of us in our churches today have not done. We've done a portion of it. Uh, We've kind of... Got our little section of of our house. We live on one side of our house uh, for the Lord, and the other side of our house we live for ourselves. You said, "No, preacher, I, I don't." I, I guarantee you, there's things in you. If you allow the flesh to have any control in your life, and you got problems with the flesh, just like I've got problems with the flesh, I'm not up here telling you that I've got it all under control. Amen. I have to fight with it. I fight with it every day. The flesh, I fight with. The only way I can keep myself from uh, succumbing and coming into the business of Satan and the world and the world powers is to say, stay saturated 
in the word of the living God. I got to keep myself in a holy atmosphere, a spiritual atmosphere, an attitude of constant prayer, an attitude of constant thinking and meditating on the word of God. Now, there's not many do that. We got a lot of people in our churches do some of it and thank God for that. And they accomplish those parts God blesses them. But there's a lot of us that hinder and stay back and don't get all that. And our lives are miserable. Well, I've just got to the place I want to preach a while. But we're going to have to quit. And we'll stop right there and pick up again next week. And maybe we'll pick up another I am. But Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Father, thank you this morning for the goodness of God, for watching over us. Have your way in the Lord in the, or today in, in the service. And I pray, God, that you might have your will and way in everything that's done. We commit it all to you. We plead the blood. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen.